You're listening to RTI Audio, powered by Rocky Top Insider. This is Pancakes and Bacon with VFL, Tyler Kerbison, and Reed Bacon. Hello, Vol Nation. Welcome to another episode of Pancakes and Bacon. I'm your host, as always, Kyler Kerbison, joined with Reed Bacon. We got another great one today. We are breaking down recruits, Max Anderson and Jordan Burns, uh, these recent commitments, what we saw out of them and what their film looked like. We also discussed a little bit of Vol Baseball and just the job that this staff has done in recruiting and the turnaround that they've had. Uh, but before we get into any of that, if you guys are watching, please like, subscribe, hit that notification bell, and leave a comment. If you're just listening, rate and review, download and re-download, and follow us on all those listening platforms you might use. Also follow us on social media at Pancakes and Bacon on Twitter for our main account, at Pancakes and Bacon underscore RTI on Instagram. Uh, if you want to follow Reed on Twitter, his main account, at rbacon26. And then if you'd like to follow myself, it is just at Kyler Kerbison on all social medias. Uh, so let's jump on into this uh, good podcast. All right. Welcome in, everyone. Um, got a good podcast today. We're breaking down some film on an offensive line commit and a linebacker commit. Uh, so we always enjoy doing that. But first, before we get into any of that, Reed, how are we doing, bud? Today you have the opportunity to say that we have a great, great pod. Oh, yeah. And you said just good, but it's great and great because it's two people that we're talking about. That's so, very true. Two two four-star recruits that we're yeah. talking about, which is yeah. pretty exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. And um, you know me, I always love um, hearing your breakdown on offensive linemen, uh, mm-hmm. so I'm excited about that. But uh, – yeah, no complaints over here. We got a little stormy day on this Sunday afternoon in Knoxville, but uh, it's been a it's been a really good weekend. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk talk shop. How's your weekend? Uh, not too shabby. I uh, haven't haven't done much, but um, let's see today just laundry around the house, hanging planters, uh, getting ready for the pod, watching film. Um, Yesterday, didn't do anything. But Monday, I have a very fun drive up to Kentucky to get sample boards for uh, some kitchen cabinetry, which is just like a fun part of my job, just getting to drive like six hours round trip for some samples. That is brutal. That is so annoying. Yeah. But, I mean, mean, it's it's still during the workday, so it's like – you know, yeah. you don't have to well, do it on the weekend. Yeah, you know what? It actually might not be bad every once in a while to get a little drive. You can get in there, get you a little coffee, get you a little podcast, and just kind of vibe out, not have to worry about going from stop to stop, from project to project. So that's true. It'll be a little bit different of a of a day for you. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna throw me the hell off. Like I'm gonna get back in like around lunch, and then like, uh, wait, where do I go? What do I need to check on? Like, yeah. That stuff always throws you for a loop, but um, hopefully no traffic, not bad yeah. traffic. Let's pray. Yeah. No traffic. That 
That'll drive me up a wall and ruin my day. Traffic and idiot drivers really get to me. Traffic, traffic, looking for my chapstick, feeling kind of plastic. Yo, there goes a Ford Maverick. <laughs> feeling kind of parsec. There's a Ford Maverick. Uh, I see I can rap about anything. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, I think we should at least mention Vol Baseball. Yeah. Jump yeah. on these guys. Yeah, you know, Kyler, uh, for me, it's pretty easy. It was a super successful season. The baseball team went to the College World Series. I mean, what yeah. else do we want, people? And Exactly. You know, coming off of uh, a season that they've had the past couple of years and, and, you know, they've been so highly ranked and, you know, they've had – They've they've had some they've had a year where some would say that it was one of the best college baseball teams of all time. Now, obviously, you can't say that in retro because they didn't win the World Series, but still, you know. And then to to start this season and to to kind of be like, wait, what? We're losing. We're not killing everybody. Yeah, like, what the heck happened? Yeah, what's going on here? You know, like. You know, the one game I went to this year, we lose to Boston College on a Tuesday night in early March. It's just like, what? But So for them to really rally, get it together, make it to the World Series, have some very unbelievable memories. And that that's what you can ask. Yeah. You know, big win against Clemson, you know, and, um, and then um, coming back against, uh, you know, Stanford in the College World Series. I mean, for me, big, big win. So, you yeah. know. And it's a lot of redemption from last year. We were – the number one team all the way through the season and then they don't make it. They don't, they don't right. get to the college world series and it's very much, wow, that was a letdown. Right. Okay. Yeah. It was a good season, but that was a letdown. Then this one, it's, Hey, we made it this time. Like if right. you're trying to compare the seasons, you, you can't say that we're going down. Right. Like, no, actually Tony Vitello. I mean, he's been pretty consistent. It keeps going up and it's like, I love where this program is headed. I'm not disappointed in this. We are j just now reaching the cusp of the call. Like this was a fever dream 10 years ago. Like yeah. Yeah. there was no way this was happening. So where we are, Tony, he getting his, his contract. We're building a new stadium. Some cool stuff's going to be around it. Uh, it looks like they're building like some dorms for baseball guys, most likely like around there. Um, so I, I love it. I did. And, Hey, I, I, we've got multiple sports getting really far in their prospective seasons. Men's and women's basketball, baseball, softball, uh, tennis, football. Like we're we're killing it right now as the University of Tennessee. So I'm I'm happy as happy can be. Yeah, I mean, just think about it. You got. They're 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 really really they have a shot to be really really good based on talent alone, and then the season gets ruined for COVID, which was a bummer for all of the um, baseball players around around the country. I hate that for them. And yeah. then you come back and you make the College World Series, and then you have an unbelievable year. And yeah, you don't make it to the College World Series, you lose just short. But then to follow it back up, I mean, just the trajectory. I mean, two two College World Series in three years. I mean, what else? Come on, guys, what else do you want? <laughs> yeah. Give me a break. I mean, they were an embarrassment when I was in, in college. Yeah. Like, they were laughed at as yeah. a baseball team. They were just not good. And it's nice to see them back. Yeah. And, bro, you know how many freaking guys – talk about factories of recruits. And we, you know, mentioned it last week of 
Florida and California and Texas for football. Tennessee has some of the best baseball recruits in the country. I mean, those guys are like Tennessee is a hub for baseball. And it's it's not talked about because Tennessee doesn't take advantage of their in-state talent. Like there's a ton of guys in the College World Series this year on the every you know team that were from Tennessee, went to high school in Tennessee. Yeah. So it's like if we can sure up this state, we're gonna be a damn good baseball team. Yeah. I mean, I remember when I was in in high school and then we went to Catholic. Catholic's always had a good program. You know, I, I if I'm not mistaken, they just won state this year, uh, which mm-hmm. was awesome. But they were always a good program when we were in. Then you always had uh, Farragut, who was always top in the country. And yeah. then these other good schools had good programs. And then even if there were some programs that weren't so great, there were always these players. It's like, you know, a guy from like Pigeon Forge or a guy from Sevierville or some guy from, uh, you know, like William Blunt, just all these like random East Tennessee schools. You're like, oh, well, he just got drafted in the 10th round or something. Yeah. Right? You know, so we might be sounding like an idiot trying to give these examples because we're not huge baseball people. But, yeah, like we've always known that it's it's a it's a nice little hotbed. So so that's nice. And then, you know, speaking of recruiting, I, I sent you a video last night. of Yeah. We, and we know we know that there's always big official weekends. I mean, we record on a Sunday. We know for a fact, like, it's always with our luck that we've been joking that there's going to be a recruit either later tonight, Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday before the pod drops. But yep. but that's okay. We can still we can still watch their film and talk we about it. We got time. It. We got time. Yeah, yeah we got time. But, um, you know, I sent you, and we've always heard for, you know, since this coaching staff's been here, that they do a great job with these visits, and they do a great job of um, – making connections with players and the families, but also just letting these kids have a fun, enjoyable time. Mm -hmm. And what I saw you sent you last night was club Neyland. So it's where they literally had turned like a part of, of Neyland into, you know, a nightclub. Yeah. It's a locker room. Right. And I couldn't tell if it was the locker room or something else, but it wasn't, it was the locker room. Yeah. I could tell. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Um, And so they, you know, uh, uh, somebody puts it out and they're like doing photo shoot intros. And so it's like, you know, and from Knoxville, Tennessee, Knoxville Catholic High School, Kyler Curbison, they open this and it's, you know, you've all probably seen the videos and it's like you get to walk in and start high five and getting juiced. It was funny that like I don't get embarrassed by stuff. I'm very much uh kind of get you know wild and can be goofy and get into get into the moments and Kyle and I love to dance and just but I saw that and I was like all these other recruits and all their families and all the coaches like I might even be a little like a little like embarrassed to do it or or whatever or maybe it's like a little cringe but these kids man they were coming out and they're just ah, and they're loving it and yeah incident stuff and it was just a, it was a hype fest no pun intended exactly <laughs> it's it's is hey, like while you're here, let's have fun. I think the coaching staff does a fantastic job of bringing in guys that are already committed while they have other guys that are trying to get committed. So Boo Carter being on campus while we're trying to get other guys, Boo is like, hell yeah, dude, like come here. This is awesome. We're having fun. Like this is such a great place. And they kind of let them be who they want to be and like enjoy each other. There's another video where they're, dancing to meat mill all together. Everybody's got a different uniform on. 
but they're just having a blast in the locker room. And it's just like that kind of excitement. It works. Like the only people that wouldn't enjoy that are like 40 and above. Like we're talking about 15, 16, 17 year old kids. Like this is so much fun to them. So having that experience, I, I look at that and it makes me think like, do you think, do you think Alabama has that? Do you think that they do that? Do you think that their photo shoots even look remotely like that? That guys are having fun like that together? Because I don't. I don't think that happens. I think Saban is stuck in his ways. He knows what he wants. He knows it. And I know he just signed like the number one recruiting class this past year and like graded the best to ever. Like that class was like graded higher than any other class in history. And obviously he's still a good recruiter, but those kinds of things, I feel like there's like a change in how you recruit people and it might show up in our favor with this. I, I, dis- I, I disagree. I get, I get where you're going with, I disagree. Saban doesn't have to do that because he, there's enough good quality players out there Yeah, that, that Saban or, or Kirby don't, there's multiple ways to skin a cat. There's multiple ways to be a good, you know, a good left tackle. There's multiple ways to be a good salesman. There's multiple ways to do whatever. So, like, Saban – and listen, Kyler, I'm sure that they do that stuff down in Alabama. I mean, just because we don't see it doesn't mean that they're not going to do everything they can to let these kids have a good time. I remember from the, it, the from the individuals that I know that played at Bama back in 2008, 9, and 10 that on max out days in the work, workout room – they would get they would get one station uh, for bench and squat and power cleans. It's one station, and they would black out with blackout curtains everything else. So it looks like there's just one central station. They would play music and pump stuff up, and you would almost have like a walk up song when you got down to get ready. So they've been doing that stuff for years. But yeah. I, I get what you're saying, um, and. Like I said, Saban can just show his rings and be like, "Hey, if you want to come here, we're going to compete for a national championship, and I'll I'll get you in the hey, I'll get you in the NFL." That's but, what he did to me. <laughs> right, 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 exactly. But then there's other ways too that, like, until Height maybe gets a national championship or whatever under his belt, that it's going to be, "Hey, we're going to play fun. We're going to get you to the league. We're going to put up points, and we we're family here. We we care more." And there is. Like we've talked about before, Saban is more businesslike. Even when you're on his team, yeah. you are more businesslike. Like he would have his like exit meetings with players, and they get 15 minutes. That's it. You get 15 minutes, and the next one goes. He's just very oriented like that. I'm not saying that other coaches don't or whatever, but you know, uh, Hypel tries to build it around like you know, fun, family. Like let's do it. So it was just cool to. It was cool to see that and to see them, you know, having a good time and and all that. Yeah. So, it, 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 it definitely makes me feel like we are going to miss a recruit getting committed and somebody's going to be popping up like Monday, Tuesday, right before the pod comes out. No, it probably will, but that that's okay. I, I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you this because you made a good comment. You said that you love seeing the players that are already committed, bringing in and taking their official visits. And I think that's a huge, huge deal too. Cause you've told me before that after you committed to Tennessee, like you kind of didn't hear from them for a while and they just mm-hmm. kind of took it in the bag that local kid, He's ten minutes down the road. His grandfather played here. He's a huge Tennessee fan, but they didn't re- like they didn't recruit you, and it almost made you feel like a little like WTF, like what's up? Like yeah. not that not that you have an ego and they need to be stroking it, but at least just 
can I hear from you? Like, do you even still want, you still want me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, I never felt like I could, because uh, I committed right before my senior year and, you know, everyone's like, yeah, take your official during the fall and like go to a game and do all that stuff. But it was like, I played, you know, three hour football game on Friday night. Can't go down there then. Then I had ACT prep classes on Saturday morning. And like the last thing I wanted to do was go down there and go through the hoopla and do the whole thing. Cause I'd already been like, dude, like I want to go here. Like, like you're not going to sell me on it more. And I ended up taking my official like in January after. And it was like, no one was there. Like school. I think I just got back in and like still cold outside. And it was just like, not the best time to pick to go on your official, but I mean, I was still pretty solid in where I was going to go. So you definitely dropped the ball on not taking an official visit to a game to get free tickets. I mean, I don't know why you didn't do that. Well, I always got free tickets. I could still go to games if I wanted to, but like to do the whole official thing, I was just like, ah, I'm good. That makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. Well, let's do this. We're talking about Max Anderson first. Okay. I'm going to let you go and break down the prospect and film first. Okay. And I want to just say some stuff to not steal your thunder, but to see if, you know, you know how we like to do here. Yeah. I want to, I want to see if I'm seeing stuff correctly. Plus you got to get off his offer list. Yes, I do have to read that. And and I want to say this too. I, I am bringing up this and I do not want to get in this habit of comparing to a bunch of different recruits on other teams or comparing to people that we've already signed. But Mm -hmm. since you and I love double G Gage Ginther, it was one of the best offensive line highlight tapes we've seen. And he's only three star on, on two, four, seven. But I just want to say that there will be some times where I might respond or like give some examples there just because he's in this class and he had a really, really solid tape, but I don't want people to think that I'm going to make, or I, I'm going to make a habit of that. You're more than welcome to do that if you want, obviously. That yeah. doesn't bother me. Okay, so we have Max Anderson. Uh, he's from Frisco, Texas, high school, Reedy High School. <laughs> so uh, 65309 on 247, uh, four-star. He's a uh, he's a top 20 offensive tackle in the, in the country, so 18th, and then uh, – Looks like he's the 38th prospect in Texas, uh, which is which is pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, and he has a nice offer list. So we have Tennessee, Oklahoma, uh, Alabama, Arkansas, Baylor, Colorado, Florida, Georgia, Kansas, Louisville, LSU, Miami, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Ole Miss, Oregon, Penn State, Texas A&M, Texas Tech. I'm gonna lie, I'm gonna say this. That's actually the that's if, from from recent memory. That's the best offer list that I've seen. Uh, since probably doing probably this year and maybe last year, except for Nico, because it's pretty rare that we'll see Tennessee, Oklahoma, Bama, Florida, Georgia, LSU, Michigan, and Ohio State, like all on one. in there too. All on one. They're usually, oh, this guy has Bama and Tennessee and USC, and then this one has Tennessee, Oklahoma. Ohio State, but like no Georgia, no Bama. This is uh, this is as good as it gets. Yeah. I mean, 
and maybe maybe the only one that you could throw on here that's not on here is uh, Notre Dame um, in their track record with the offensive line, but that is a stellar, stellar offer list. Okay. Yeah. Uh, double sevens, so that's pretty cool. Um, here, here's my thing, Kyler. I think Max, uh, I know you're going to like that he's, that he's physical and nasty. Mm-hmm. He does have pretty good feet. I think the only thing that might have been a slight negative that I think you're going to mention is he gets his hands outside and he's a little too grabby. That's what I'm going to say. Now, now it's you. Uh, yeah, so I would agree with you on the nastiness of him. Uh, he is very much like once he has his hands on you, you're going for a ride. Like that's what's happening. And he likes to rub it in your face too. Like there was a few plays where he's like dragging nuts across dude's face getting up. Like doesn't have to do that, but does it on purpose. Pretty you know right. I mean? yeah. So I always like that. Like I always think that's hilarious um, just to kind of take it out on dudes. I yes, I definitely saw some outside shoulders grabbing. So instead of aiming for the two breastplates that are on your shoulder pads, grabbing those flaps on the outside of the shoulders, um, and a little bit of torquing as well. Uh, you know, you can get away with that more in high school. High school refs aren't paying attention to you as much. They get nice and distracted by that ball. Uh, but in college. Guys specifically standing there to watch you, if you torque in any way a a push-pull mechanic where you're pushing one arm and pulling in the other, they will call a holding. Like, they will call you on that. So I think it's something that he just needs to work on. But the things that I did like is he comes off the ball fast and he's got a flat back. There's a lot of guys – who come off the ball and they stand straight up because they are 6'5", 6'6", 300 pounds, and it doesn't matter if they're standing straight up or not. He actually comes off of the flat back. I saw a couple plays, one's at like 28 seconds, another one's at like a minute, where it is flat back, gets his hands on the guy, dumps him, and then shows him up a little bit, nuts in the face, like, hey, you you can't do anything versus me. So I absolutely love to see that. Um, there's a couple plays where you'll see him be the first one off the ball. That ball is snapped and the center hasn't even moved. He is first. There's one at like 229, um, another one at like three minutes where it's just immediate. And then he ends up dumping dude and getting, because once you get into somebody like that, they don't know what to do. If you can catch a dude before his second step, you're, you're way ahead. And I like what you said about his feet. I think he does have pretty good balance for his size too, where it's not like, oh, I'm falling over all the time. I'm tripping over myself. Even on pools, I'm tripping over the pile. No, he stayed up, made his blocks. Um, I will say this because you brought up Gage Ginther. Gage impressed me so much with technique, and I didn't really see that with Max. Yeah, I did not see – the good square shoulders on some down blocks. I didn't see um, the working in double teams really well as much. I didn't see great hand punches, like you were saying, maybe outside. But he's still an athlete. He's still a big body. 
Um, so that's why you see the offer list, even if his technique isn't quite there. One thing that, and I don't know if it's just, hey, this is the highlight tape and he didn't put him on there, but pass sets. Yeah. Yes. He had one on the entire highlight. And I don't know if that's because he doesn't realize that you can put pass sets on there without dumping dudes. Cause sometimes guys are like, oh, I didn't throw him to the ground. It's not a yeah. good play. It's like, no, man. Like, you stayed in front of him. You had square hips and a nice base and quick feet. Coaches like to see that. I'm imagining that some of the coaches for Bama, Ohio State, at Tennessee, Oklahoma, Texas A&M, Georgia, they have seen him do pass sets. Right. They have seen him at camps and seen you know, his footwork enough to be like, yes, we want to offer this guy. Yes, we want him a part of this class. That's just something I haven't seen yet. So I would love to see that and actually grade him on his pass sets. Um, but just going with what I got, I like his attitude. I like his get off. Uh, he can work on some technique stuff, but those are things that I can teach you. When you get to Tennessee, I can teach you those techniques. I can teach you to be square. I can teach you to use your hands properly. A lot of times I can't teach you to be an asshole. Like it's hard to get guys to like be like when you're on the field as an offensive lineman, you almost have to be a dick. Like yeah. where it's like you are mean, you're being rude and mean and an ass to the guy across from you because you want him to know that like this is not going to be an easy day. And offense and defensive line is one of the most violent positions in all of sports. Um, you might not even get touched at other positions in a game. There's no possible way you're not in a cage fight with somebody when you're on the line of scrimmage. So getting that into guys is a lot harder than technique or hand placement or anything like that. So I very much enjoy Max. I would say I was more impressed with Gage's film watching it than I was Max, but he's still 65309 can move like that, shows that nastiness. I'll take it. I think it's yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a great pickup. So don't think that we're talking negative about it at all. I think um, good size, and he he definitely is one of those that these coaches are like, oh, he's nasty. He's got he's got pretty darn good feet in the in the run game. Yeah, he's uh, he's got a, you know good build that we can add some more weight. I mean, and I, plays multiple positions. So that's what I was I was literally about to say that like. I don't know if they're, you know, if they want to play him at tackle or if he's going to be a guard. I mean, he could be a bigger, a bigger size guard with that height and stuff. And I mean, because he moves well enough. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. he pulls well enough. He, I do think it's pretty impressive. I will say for him, he's definitely the fastest offensive lineman I've ever seen off a ball. It literally, yeah. it's it's wild. And he comes off in a really good, like you said, I didn't know flat back, but like that squared up, good, good positioning. Um, so yeah, I think that's why they're like, oh, Texas ball, been been in a good program. Mm-hmm. Give us, give us thirty minutes, <laughs> and we're <laughs> yeah. we're gonna have it. We're gonna have his technique down, and we're gonna have him, you know, how we want it. But just as literally watching a film, that maybe that's why he's a, a four star, not a five star. Maybe yeah. uh, make, for us, it's why we like Gage a little bit better, just because we're not seeing a pass set. We're not seeing that he doesn't get too handsy or, or whatever. That's the only reason we're not probably in love with him, even though there's a lot to love. I mean, I, we, I, that, that, I mean, that's how I play, you know, the game is like, I, 
you know, if I'm dumping somebody, like I'm gonna let them know. Like if I come and clean somebody out, I'm gonna let them know. Yeah. And, and I, I love to see that about him. And as you mentioned, for the offensive line and defensive line, defensive line, you can anybody on defense can do. It. I mean, you can have a defensive lineman, you can have a linebacker, you can have a safety, you can have a corner right here with Cortland Finnegan who can be a tone setter. But on offense, you need your big boys up front to be nasty. And so it's yeah. nice you said like be a little bit of a dick you know what i mean like yeah. you know you just declete you know you dump somebody's ass and it's like they're down on the ground it's like act like you're putting that hand up to help them up and then slap it away like bitch i ain't i'm picking you up like come on now so yeah, it's uh, like hey you're enjoying it down there <laughs> <laughs> or or just go what happened what happened why'd you fall yeah yeah exactly so yeah anyways i really really like him um, and, and looking at the, 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 the commitment list, I mean, you have him and Gage. That is very, very nice to bring I've, in. I've been loving our offensive line commits the past couple of years. Like I've what, what Hypo has brought in, like Addison Nichols and Brian Grant and, and Sham, Sham God. Like these guys are good, like good, solid dudes. I agree. I agree. But I love everything about this year's class. I mean – We'll get to it. We have a long ways to go, and we'll see what changes. But as of right now, I really like the class, um, not just the positions that have brought in, but the players that have brought in. But, I mean, mm -hmm. you bring those two guys in that we feel are pretty quick, maybe one year, and can play. And then you do have your guy like a Jesse Perry, who we haven't broken down the film yet, um, but is still a good-sized kid, pretty athletic. And then it's like, okay, he might be, you know, a Kyler Kerberson that's going to take two or three years to get him on there, but then he could be really good for you. Yeah. So, so, so I, I like what they've done. Um, now, let's talk about Jordan. Let's talk about Jordan. So, I really, really like Jordan a lot. A lot. This is. I knew you would. Once again, talking about how you've liked a lot of the awesome linemen that we brought in. I've, I've liked a lot of our linebackers. It, it's, it's pretty common now that this, this, yep, this, um, coaching staff. Can they run? Can they tackle in space? And are they physical? They are. They are those three things. Okay, bring them down. Bring the them on. Last, down. The last thing I put on my notes was fits the mold of UT linebacker. Yeah. Like it is the exact mold they want of 6'1", 220, that's fast and can run. Bring them in. We'll yeah. put maybe 10, maybe 15 pounds on him. He grows an extra inch. Perfect. Yeah. So, so it's Jordan Burns. He's from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, we know how good of ball they can play in Georgia. We know what the athletes they have in Atlanta alone. Mm -hmm. Watching his film, I felt like there were some really good players on his defensive line in front of him, and I thought some of the competition they were playing was pretty good, so i like to see that. Uh, offer list is Tennessee, Arkansas, Vandy, Auburn, uh, Boston College, Cincy, Florida, Florida Atlantic, uh, Georgia Tech, Kansas, Kentucky, Liberty, Louisville, Memphis, Michigan, uh, Oklahoma, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, USC. Good offer list. Very, very nice, strong, solid offer list. Um, I, I got a lot. Of, I got a lot of good notes here, and then I got some plays. Um, I, I, I want you to kind of take the reins on this one, like I did with Max. Um, I, I, I do want to say that his speed surprised me. Uh -huh. In a way, I did not expect him to be that fast. And you can go into this more, but the play at 52 seconds, 
I don't think I've ever seen a better play in my life. Like, and I'm talking watching NFL film, watching college film, watching high school film. You don't get those kind of plays. You understand what I'm saying? Like, that doesn't happen. Like, that was, remember the Titans. That was a movie. No, Bobby Boucher. (laughs) You really, you really, really dropped the ball tonight. And I have it on here, 52 seconds. I said, you know, it's second to none. He's Bobby Boucher. It's Bobby Boucher. It is, it is, like I said, remember the Titans, it's it's Sunshine on the reverse who gets five blocks as he's going downfield as a quarterback. You're like, what kind of world are we living in? Yeah, you watch it. Yeah, you watch it on TV and you're like, way to go, directors. This doesn't happen. And they're like, well, Jordan Burns from Atlanta, Georgia does it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the most impressive part about it is he never left us, he never fell. It was, he it, got two pancakes and jumped over both guys. It was awesome. It was awesome. So incredible. So, so I, I see Jordan. You know, I, I see you know three star. And then, uh, well, yeah, he's a three star. I think I saw him. Maybe that they had him as a. Uh, I think he was four on twenty four seven. Yeah, he's a three star, but then a composite four on on twenty four seven. So I go, I go to start watching. And the, the things I pick up, like I said, he runs well. He's physical and violent. Um, he takes on and sheds blocks well. So not only just taking them on, but he disengages. Mm-hmm. He extends well. Um, he plays through the whistle. He's a sideline to sideline. He's a, he's an outside linebacker, so there's a lot of times they're going away from him. And he's num, 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 num. He's, oh, he, you cannot he, not block him. He's a, he's a, he's a lot of – and to explain that to some people that maybe don't watch football – or have never really played it or understand it. There's a lot of times where an offensive coordinator will be like, "We're leaving him. We're we're going this way. We're not going to touch him. We're not going to block him. He's not going to make the tackle from behind." It's like, well, there's some dudes that can, and Jordan's one of them. Like you <laughs> might you might want to at least try to touch him. Um, I mean, there were toss plays he was catching dudes. Oh, it was. I mean, they ran a one of the plays I have on here was a fourth down read option to the opposite. I mean, not read option, a fourth down option like triple option to the opposite side, and he made the tackle. So, so we'll, so we'll get there, but, um, sideline to sideline. And I think he has good size, you know, like, I think he has really good size for his speed. And like when the film kind of shows up close, you're like, damn, like, this boy's pretty thick. Like this mm-hmm. this good looking kid, like this isn't 5'11", 190, and we need to put some weight on him. Like, no, he's yeah. got, good, he's got some good size already. Um, the other two, the other thing, Kyler, about this is I, Tennessee doesn't really play with an outside linebacker. We, we really don't. Yeah. And you usually have – we usually have our star position, and then you're going to have, uh, you know, your middle backers. So whether it's uh, Jeremy Banks, Jawan Mitchell, Aaron Beasley, Solomon Page over these past couple of years. And then we've seen Elijah Herring uh, – or, yes, Elijah. I always do that with Elijah and Caleb. Yeah, and Caleb. <laughs> yeah, but, but anyway, so you have Elijah in there. And so we don't really run a three-backer no. um, – you know, you don't you don't see a traditional four three, which you got your middle, and then you got your strong side outside, weak side outside, and then you know there are times where we have a Byron Young or Roman Harrison or Joshua Joseph standing up on the outside or putting their hand down. Mm-hmm. You don't really see, you know, we're not out there running a three four with a big stand up on the outside, kind of like it what, what it looked like he was doing on film. But I say all that to say this: I think that this kid is good and special enough to where they can play him as one of the two backers on the inside. Mm-hmm. And I also think that he is good enough that they could put weight on him 
and not doesn't have to be a ton because he's already a good sized kid and he could put his hand in the dirt and play like a Roman Harrison, a Byron Young, or Joshua Joseph. I truly believe that because of what I saw on film. Like I said, I saw on film where if they put him back there at linebacker, I saw plenty of times where I thought he ran well, sideline to sideline, gets you know takes on blocks, disengages. Um, you know, he had an interception that he house called. You know, I just felt like he moved pretty well. I mean, there was one that looked like he was in spy, and then the quarterback runs, and he comes up and makes a tackle. So I could see that. You know, a couple of years down the road, and you got uh, Jalen Smith and him at the middle or Arian Carter and him in the middle. Mm-hmm. And I can also envision him, I really can, Kyler, where he is playing that Byron Young, Roman Harrison, Joshua Joseph, because his highlight film shows it where he comes off. If they run opposite, he's fast enough and chases down. He played the read option really well a couple times. Yeah. Like I say, he takes on blocks. So some of the plays I want to there's highlight. A, there's a great play at 422 where it was pretty simple. Yeah, I, I have it. Yeah. It, I mean, it was a pretty simple play. And, like, his technique was perfect. Yeah. It was like awesome. staying square, good hips, shuffle down the line. He reads the option keeper for the quarterback and makes a tackle. And it's like you can put as many plays as you want of you just sprinting or you making a big hit, but like those kind of here, watch this entire play and the technique I have in it impressed me the most. I I, I was going to say the exact same thing. I couldn't those ones that he started his highlight tape off where he's just running off the edge, no one talks, touches him, and then he makes a sack, like, okay, great. Like, we love to see that. But I am more impressed, like you said, with 421, that I can see and watch you come off an edge, play big, play athletic, read your keys, and do what you're supposed to do, and then make the tackle. Like, that's mm-hmm. the, that's because that's winning football. Everyone, it, pretty much everyone at his level – if you're coming off an edge on block, you're gonna make you're gonna make the play. But do I know and can I trust you to be on the to be on the field when Nalen's rocking and it's fourth and two and Anthony Richardson's is about to run a read option? Are you gonna do what you're supposed to do and make the play? So yeah. that's and I, 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 I like your point of putting him down on the line and being a Roman and being a Byron and doing stuff like that because he has the skills to do it. He might not have been taught the technique yet to be a defensive end because he just hasn't played that. But his speed – and you watch some of the tape, like he can dip and kind yeah. of wiggle around guys. It's yeah. like if you can take advantage of that on a tackle, you use your speed on him and hit some hands away, he gets good at timing punches. I mean, he's dangerous. I agree. I agree. Um, so, like you said, 52-second mark, Bobby Boucher, he's a lead blocker, decletes a kid hurdles him, decletes another one, hurdles him, and just keeps it going. So It's crazy, dude. To see, to see that, just the unselfishness, I mean, you're a four-star prospect linebacker, and you're like, okay, I'll go out here and body bag people. That just shows that he like he's a good teammate, he loves the game, you know, and he's going to always play physical. 118 mark, it's the fourth down option away from him, and it's, it's just an impressive play that and, – and just the team that they're playing had to be just a straight-up option team because it's like fourth and ten. Mm-hmm. And they're run and they're running this, but they run it away from him, and he runs it down, and he doesn't just run it down, and it's like, oh, it was a seven yard gain. Like they literally got like maybe two or three yards, fourth down stop. So I love to see the whistle to whistle, sideline to sideline. Um, I love two o two mark, two o two mark, where he decletes the running back and then makes the sack because there's yeah. going to be times in in, in college where you're going to come off and they're going to try to block you with a running back, and A, you take that as a disrespect, you declete his ass, 
and then you fight back to make the sack. So I love to see that. Um, Cause I think that sack is more impressive than just running off the edge and drilling somebody. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. You did. I mean, way more impressive than his first play. Right. Exactly. Um, two, four, seven, uh, so then we got him at the two forty seven mark. Um, he's at, he's at the stand up outside linebacker. He engages the blocking, but when he engages, he pops really well on that first initial gauge on the initial hit, he extends his hands and he's able to play and shed both sides. He's got the guy who's like, okay, you're coming here. Oh, you're going to pop back out. Yeah. Show in. Now I'm going to show back out. I'm going to make the tackle. It was very yeah. for him. Anytime I saw him playing the edge, it seemed very effortless for him. It's like, there's a guy in front of him, but there's not really a guy in front of him. It's kind of like, bam, like, okay, okay, see ya. And so I, I love to see that. Um, 307 mark, he plays the read option perfectly. We all know that you have to be able to do that in today's football, whether it's high school, college, or, football, or NFL. Uh, 421, you've already talked about it. I've already mentioned it. It shows that the, that the kid does his job. He reads his keys. And it's not just, oh, I just got to take off and go off the edge. It's like, no, like we have to play, we have to play the read here, make the quarterback give, then make the tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny. I mean, I'm talking about two, uh, two minutes and 47 seconds, three minutes and seven seconds, four minutes and 21 seconds. And then my last two are 508 and 519 deep. And it's just like, these Still are great plays. And these are like some of his better plays that I would probably put in the front end, but uh, four, 508. Love the pop, engaging. He holds the line of scrimmage. He resets it by a back about a yard or two, and then he and then he has his his arm free and basically, you know, they tried to run one off tackle. It's kind of like a kind of like a power because I is ISO just a gap. ISO's either side of the a gap. Yeah. So this was probably like power because they had a. I mean, they had a uh, a tight end on him. Then they looked like they had a fullback, and it was like, hey, it's almost like it might have been like three, like third and whatever. And they're trying to pound it like right there off the guard. Mm. And he just he he absolutely it's it th- th- there's no chance they they can't do anything with it. Um, and so I was just very impressed with that, and that would show that he could do a Byron Young, you know, yeah, um, position because he's got enough weight in his ass and enough power in his hands to come up pop. Sit there, reset the line of scrimmage. Okay, tackle. It's over. Yeah, uh, and, and if you can five, do that at two twenty, yeah. I mean, let's put fifteen, make him two thirty-five, and watch out. Yeah. yeah. So, and then lastly at the uh, lastly at the five nineteen mark, it's a toss play. It's one v two. He has the he has the blocker and the runner, and it's just him, and he takes on the block, and kind of. He doesn't – it's one of those where he takes on the block with his shoulder and doesn't have to disengage. They kind of disengage each other after they hit, and then he resets, and then he's mm-hmm. just right there, and he num 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 num. He eats it up. And so I was very impressed with that play um, because it was a lot of field to work. They got a blocker and a running back, and he kind of – he played it perfectly where he made the guy turn back in, but then when he turned back in, he was there to make a tackle, not someone else. So yeah, for me, final thoughts um, – I love Jordan a lot. I think he's really, really good. I, I like Max a lot. I think these are two extremely, extremely solid pickups. Um, and I love the fact that where they both come from. I love getting Jordan from Atlanta. I love, love that for multiple reasons, besides the fact that it's such a hotbed. You know, the good competition's down there, and there's a lot of good athletes. But, you know, Georgia doesn't, you know, get him for whatever reason. You know, they whether they didn't want him or whatever, that's fine. We will gladly take him. He's a heck of a football player. Yeah. Uh, same thing with Max coming from Texas, and Texas doesn't get him. Texas Tech doesn't get him. Texas A&M, Oklahoma. Texas A&M, right, all of them, 
all of them. And so I, I love that. Um, Cause I, I think I like that it. is, that is like a, a known kind of thing. Like Texas and Oklahoma have like, Oh, well they want to go play in the sec. That's why we didn't get recruits. Right. Like missed out on some guys. Cause Hey coach, I want to play in the sec. Now that they're coming to the sec, it's like, you better grab them then. Right. <laughs> like there's no more excuse now. Like you better grab those guys from Texas and from Oklahoma because we're, we're taking them because yeah. now it's even better for us. It, it, kids coming from Texas, their parents are like, Hey, well, like he's not going to be around here. He's going to be playing in Georgia and I got to travel, you know, and I don't, you know, I don't want to be that far away from home. And now it's like, Hey, you're going to, you're going to go back once a year to that place. And like, it'll help in recruiting for now SEC schools when Oklahoma and Texas come. Yeah. Yeah. I, I truly though, I agree with all that. I really do. And there, there were plenty of times where you were not going to get a kid, no matter how much you really liked it. If he still was one of those people that wanted to be close to home and Mm. wanted to uh, be around his family and all that. And you and I would both, you know, you, you were like that. You wanted to stay home. And I mean, obviously you love Tennessee, but you want to be close and, it would have been the same thing for me. Um, but I, I truly think that um, Tennessee is always, I will always say it, Tennessee recruits itself because of fan base, resources, uh, facilities, top of the line, everything. But then it's about building those relationships and building that rapport. And mm-hmm. if you have a coach, I mean, you and I have had endless conversations about it. And it's, do I trust and do I like this coach? Um, do I feel like he has my best interests and that I, you know, like I said, I can trust him to get me to where I want to go. And I just feel like this staff does that really, really well. I, yeah. I think I think they build good, meaningful relationships. And I think that is what pays off on this recruiting stuff more than anything right now. I would agree completely. I, I think it has been very impressive what he's been able to do because that was – the big gripe with hype was, is he going to be able to recruit in the SEC? Like what's, what's going to happen? This guy's been at UCF. Like, you know, it's not, he, he isn't up to par, but now, like we've said, the linebackers he's brought in, you've absolutely loved the linemen he's brought in. I've absolutely loved, like the recruiting has been there and he's done a great job of it. I don't think, I mean, and don't forget about the transfers he's brought in. Yeah. The transfers that he's brought in, but the but the main thing is, is I remember, remember exactly where I was, man. I remember us talking on the phone. I was down there in Charleston, South Carolina, for work, and we hired him. And I listened to his open presser, and I'm reading Twitter, and you see UCF or uh, yeah, UCF fans are like, oh, like you know, we like Coach Height, but best of luck because he regressed every year he was here. He didn't have um, Scott Foster's. Is that in that his name? Yeah, 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 that was the guy before him. Yeah, he's like, he didn't have Scott Foster's players anymore, so he regressed because he wasn't on the recruiting trail, and we got worse every year and all this different stuff. And it's, um, you know, so there's some neg- some of that negative talk about it. It's like, yeah. well, hey, uh, you know, I don't know what happened for you guys, but we absolutely love him. I mean, there were even talks about – I even had buddies, not just radio or Twitter, but I had buddies that were like, well, great, UCF got the better coach. I was like, mess, mess me with that bullshit. I've, I've, yeah. I've, I've seen what Gus Malzahn's done in the SEC, and he he had his time, uh, and he had his chance. If he didn't – if he didn't – if he – I'm not going to say he didn't succeed because he made the national championship, and he had some really good teams at Auburn. But if he got fired at Auburn, 
I don't want him coming to Tennessee. So no. when people were saying that, I was like, I'm happy with Hypo. I was like, at least it's something different, and we don't know what he's going to do here. So. Yeah, very true. Uh, yeah, I like that. I like that approach to hiring as well. It's like, I don't want to see the same old guy who failed at another school. Right, right, right. Agreed. So. All right, buddy. Hey, brother. Great pod. Great pod. All right. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. If you are watching, please like, subscribe, hit that notification bell, and leave a comment. Absolutely love the comments. If you're just listening, rate and review, download and re-download, and follow us on all the platforms you might be listening. Also, follow us on social media, uh, at Pancakes and Bacon on Twitter for our main account, at Pancakes and Bacon underscore RTI on Instagram. Love putting up clips of the pod there. And then uh, if you want to follow Reed, his main account on Twitter is at rbacon26. And then if you would like to follow myself, it is just at Kyler Kerbison on all social media. So check me out there. But uh, really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. And uh, as always, go Vols.